I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse, and you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, and if we can just get the people in the in the car on the right path, then we can educate them, we can entertain them, and we can inspire, motivate them to take action on what we are inviting them into. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation, episode 48. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would really love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're going to talk about the tools you need to use to guarantee success with an evergreen offer and kind of what an evergreen offer is. But before we get into that discussion, what are you drinking today, Jesse? I am going back to one of my favorites, Down East Cider, and they didn't have the pumpkin flavor, which is what I was drinking a couple of weeks ago. So yep. I went with the cranberry flavor. It's, well, so it's very festive of good. you. I know. I know it is the holiday season. Yes. And so mm, it's really good. And it's again, it's just really light. And I tend to like drinks that are a little bit more on the sweeter side. So it's mm-hmm. perfect. Well, I am enjoying some new England eggnog, which is that's right. You do like eggnog. Well, here's no, here's the thing. I don't actually love eggnog I can have like a glass that's like maybe I don't know for like I think whiskey drinkers like measure things by fingers or something yeah, like, um, uh-huh. so I can drink like if, if two, fingers <laughs> two fingers <laughs> and like a whiskey glass of eggnog without like feeling grossed I don't know grossed out or whatever but what I love to do with this New England eggnog it has rum in it I actually like making um hot cocoa like a cup of hot cocoa and then just pouring it into the hot cocoa ah. and it, you know, okay. Am I, I'm probably having about the same amount, like the two fingers, but it just kind of dilutes it and gives it just a little, it seems like an unlikely. I feel mix. like it's probably like a cafe mocha. Um, yeah. A maybe little, not. I have no maybe, idea. The last well, time I tasted like a mocha ish flavor, yeah, strangely, yeah. even though there's no coffee involved, but I really I really love it. You know, I was actually thinking about you because I just got back from vacation and the first day of vacation on the first day, Jesse, on the first day, I had a hot buttered rum at, mm. the, Black, at the Black Pearl in Newport, Rhode Island. So hot buttered rum. Wow. And then, yes. And then I went on to have a cocoa with some Baileys in it at the Breakers Mansion. Look at you go. And then I had a glass of rosé at the Clark cookhouse. In the oh evening. my gosh. You must've been toast. I wasn't. Ooh, good for you. I was like, I space like Ooh, you're becoming a sophisticated adult I, beverage I, consumer. It, it only took me like 14 years since I had my first legal drink, but that's so guys that's neither here nor there. Kate, I like to say Kate gets drunk off the, the aroma. When you crack that can yeah. open, the smell gets her drunk. That's how well, lightweight like, she is. The first, even the first couple sips, I just start to feel that like loosening of the muscles. <laughs> and it's just like, I guess it's, I guess I'm, I don't even know. I don't consider myself high strung, but I guess I'm kind of high strung because all of a sudden it's just like. You should <sighs> just have an evening cocktail every night. Yeah, hmm. that would get me yeah. into trouble. Well, anyway. Back to business. Now, back to business. Uh, let's get into our discussion with Liz Bauer. We had a great discussion with her about evergreen funnels. Again, kind of a, a great way to start this holiday season. Mm-hmm. All 
right. Our guest today is Liz Bohr. She helps purpose-driven entrepreneurs create unlimited impact and income through profitable, value-packed online courses. As a marketing strategist and sales funnels coach with over 10 years experience and 150 funnels under her belt, she focuses on working with online businesses to grow their revenue through smart, automated systems, paid traffic campaigns, and direct response copy. She knows the sustainable strategies to scale new offers and existing ones. So Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation today. It's going to be so much fun. I am so excited. Just as I mentioned before, we hopped on because of my own personal uh, evergreen funnel um, that we have. So, um, but Kate has the first question. Well, for this you. is cocktails and content creation. So we have to start off with what are you drinking today? <laughs> I am actually, I had to get up early this morning. My husband um, was actually had a promotion ceremony. So I am like, double dosing on the coffee this morning. Oh my goodness. Um, Congratulations to your husband. You must've gotten up really early. Yes. It was a very early, early start. I think my alarm went off at like five or something. So yeah, definitely double dosing on the coffee. Which which time zone are you in? I am in Eastern time zone. Okay. Okay. So same uh, as us. Same as us. Yeah. I was not up at five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I sort of, I stirred my dog, like he's a dachshund. And so what happens mm. is like four o'clock in the morning, he like decides he wants to crawl up and then burrow under the sheets. So that happens like every morning <laughs> around like four o'clock. I Clock think it's work. like when the, the sun is rising, he's like, oh, it's too, mm. it's too bright for me. I'm going to go under so that I have to like fall back asleep. It's ridiculous. He's well, a hopefully though. with the time change, he, he, uh, changes, adjusts his schedule. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. All right. So we usually like to start off with learning a little bit more about our guests. So would you mind telling us about your journey and what exactly it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So my journey into marketing really started um, in corporate. So I worked for a handful of media agencies um, that were Ford, Ford Motor Company's agency of record. I was um, selling ad space for Hulu and some other ad tech companies for a while. Um, So that's really where I got my started, where my feet got wet, if you will, um, with big uh, media brands. You know, they're spending millions of dollars a day um, in ad spend. And it was my job to help them not only allocate their money efficiently, but also bring new campaigns you know, for Ford, we are bringing new cars to market. Um, So it was really fun to see how big brands allocated their marketing dollars um, and, you know, were efficient with those dollars. Um, When I moved to California, uh, my husband was relocated for work. So we moved to California a few years ago. It was, that was kind of my first um, entrance into entrepreneurship. I worked for some startup ad tech companies um, and, we, I was helping companies like Stitch Fix, Fabletics bring some new lines to market. And it was kind of my first entrance into working with really female-focused brands. Um, and it was really then that I realized the big gap in the market for um, passionate, creative entrepreneurs that weren't really sure how to bring and, and market and, and really sell a product to their audience in a way that was 
personality driven, but also would, you know, drive sales. Um, so I, when we moved to the East coast, there weren't a lot, there weren't going to be a lot of, you know, big agencies or, or corporate jobs for me to, um, take advantage of because we were moving to a smaller town and, um, that was kind of my first start <laughs> in starting the company. Um, and, uh, my first, um, first opportunity to start with some clients and help them to build sales funnels, automate their businesses, um, and also set up, set them up to, to be able to scale, right? Because when we're starting out, we're doing so many things at the same time. We're wearing so many hats um, for solopreneurs um, and, and, you know, entrepreneurs just trying to figure it all out. And we forget sometimes that we want to put these things in place so that we can scale quickly without burnout. And, and, and that's really, you know, where I found my niche and what's really been exciting over the last few years to help um, female entrepreneurs to be able to scale their programs, offers, digital courses um, in a way that is sustainable, um, that they can automate, and that allows them the time and freedom to um, take back control of their life without having to feel like they have to work 80 hours a day. I love how we have so many people on the show that focus like specifically on female entrepreneurs. I think that's been a kind of a theme in the last couple of episodes. And it's so exciting to me because I feel like 10, 15 years ago, entrepreneurs, that was almost like a, a, a male thing. Like not, not a lot of women decided to be, were, were entrepreneurs. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe just as I wasn't and I wasn't <laughs> paying attention to it. Um, but, you know, there, as you said, there's so much going on when you are an entrepreneur. And one of the things that, again, we're talking about with this show is, you know, having an evergreen funnel. So what what's your high level definition of a funnel? Like break it down for us. Yeah. So a funnel is really just a fancy marketing term um, that, you know, if we take it back to like Wizard of Oz, it's just the yellow brick road. Um, but it's just a fancy marketing uh, term that we use in the marketing space to create a path for a potential customer to walk down um, to the point of sale. So as the marketer, as the business owner, it's our job to create a path for these people to, um, to walk down. If we forget to give them a path or we give them too many paths, then we risk losing that sale because we aren't giving them proper direction, right? Like just in the Wizard of, just like in the Wizard of Oz, she needs the yellow brick road to know where to go. We as business owners, as marketers have to do the same thing. And a funnel is um, the way that we do that. I love how you just described that. I don't think I've ever heard it described so simply. Like simply, like it. Yes. No. I Someone mean, who of, doesn't have a funnel, I, I I actually feel like this is something I could do. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people actually try to actually describe it like a funnel, which sometimes can be like hard to visualize. But the way mm-hmm. you talked about it, just being a path, is really easy to to visualize. And yeah, that was really yeah. Great. Yeah, good. I I like to try to make <laughs> it as simple as possible for our brains to visualize. Right. Yeah. If we have 
too many fancy terms or, you know, people describing it probably like a cone, um, but then it gets really confusing. You're like, where do I enter the cone? But let's yeah. just take them on a path. Yeah. Let's just guide them and everything will work out. <laughs> and really, if you think about it, then the way you've put it is that really every business should have a funnel. If mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about, you need to be able to yeah. get them on that path. If we want to call it the, the path now and yeah. be able to get them to your offer. So it doesn't always have to feel, um, you know, like icky or like, you know, oh, I'm like just trying to sell a bunch of stuff. Like it, every, yep. ultimately the the goal is to get them to that point of sale on that path. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's, it's just, you know, for looking at GPS map, right? Like if we're not following it, we can't grab their attention effectively. And we're just throwing things at them and wondering why our offers aren't converting or our sales page isn't working or our marketing isn't sticking, um, you know, and our email copy isn't sticking. Um, And it's because we don't have a clear direction to take them down. Um, And if we can just get the people in the, in the car on the right path, then we can um, educate them, we can entertain them, and we can inspire and motivate them to take action on what we are inviting them into. Yeah, I love that. So, um, you know, we're, as Kate mentioned, we're really kind of focusing on um, this idea of the evergreen funnel. Now, I know what an evergreen funnel is. And, you know, Kate kind of knows what an evergreen funnel is, just probably, well, kind of, maybe she's like giving us this, like, I don't know, face. You guys can't see it, obviously, but um, but I'm I'm a, I'm taking baby steps. Baby I've been, steps. Lear- I've been learning for this episode, so there you go. But you know, I guess what you know, what is an evergreen funnel, or what types of funnels are there? If you can sort of differentiate for us what a regular funnel is and what an evergreen funnel is, and and you know what the benefits are of having or when you need one versus the other. Yeah, so I would say an evergreen funnel, the actual term has become more popular over the last few years as online courses and like the info business has become more um, popular and more mainstream. But really evergreen, if you think about, you know, a tree, an evergreen tree, it's always green, right? Like the leaves don't fall off. You don't see it blooming at different points. It's always green. And if we think about our evergreen funnel in the same way, it is really just an offer that is always available. So we might have um, a particular uh, course or a template shop that people can purchase without you having to hold their hand and say, this is how you purchase, this is how you buy, or they don't have to, you know, get on a one-on-one call with you um, to become a customer. They can on their own self-qualify that this is the right product or service for them. And then they can go take their credit card and purchase that offer right then and there. No matter the time zone, no matter the day, they can purchase it at any point. Um, So that's really what an evergreen offer is. And the funnel is just the path that we take them down to help them to to know whether that product or service is right for them, and then they can purchase right then and there. Versus um, in a live launch, which you know for coaches, online course creators, membership uh, people that have a, a membership, a, a live launch is a dedicated uh, week, or maybe it's you know for we just had Black Friday, so maybe it's a dedicated day or weekends 
where your offer or service is available for sale. During this period only, you can purchase this special limited time offer. Um, And that's really where the term live launch comes into play because the offer essentially is live. It's open for purchase, open for enrollment only during this period of time. So is this only for coaches and educators then? Is there a good example maybe you could give us um, for maybe more of a service-based provider that they can utilize um, both types of um, funnels? Yeah, it's a good question. So it can be used for service providers. It can be used for e-commerce shops too. Um, The evergreen offer or funnel is, you know, for service-based business, it might be, they might still need to get on a call with you to know whether you are the right person or not. But at any point they can, you know, get on a call with you. They can book your book a time on your schedule and they can purchase your offer. If you have, you know, for me, at any point, I don't restrict people from becoming um, uh, clients of the agency. At any point, someone can go to my contact page. They can find a time to schedule a call with me. And then after the call, after the call I have a, a post-call funnel that I walk them through that includes their proposal um, and then has some follow-up emails inside of that um, email sequence. Um, that helps them to decide if that proposal and the timing is right for them. And then they have the opportunity to go and um, sign their contract, pay their invoice right uh, within that funnel on their own time. So they don't need me to, you know, pay the invoice uh, or walk them through that process. So for a service-based uh, business, that could be your evergreen funnel if if some of your services are always available. Now, I have some services that I only enroll people um, in the beginning of the week or for my VIP days. I only enroll people uh, for those specific days. So people can't purchase that at any time. They have to um, purchase that particular service um, only during some days of the week. So is this, then I'm imagining like any, so I'm a photographer as well. So I educate photographers and I'm still a shooting photographer. Um, The, like the way I think about this is like my funnel would be my like opt-in would kind of like start this because right now I'm taking clients at any time provided I'm like available and can take on more clients. And that sort of then sends them through like everything else and hopefully encourages them to book. So for a service provider like me, that's what that would look like as like my evergreen funnel for my service. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, And that's a really great example of uh, having an opt-in or a free training, or some people use a webinar Mm -hmm. um, to grab people's attention. That would be your perfect customer and be that trigger point to start the evergreen funnel. So you're inviting them in through some sort of free resource or training, and then they're going on the journey. They're going down the the path that that you have created for them, and they can self-qualify and decide, okay, yes, I want to book with Jesse. Here is the link to do that. I'm going to, you know, take the time and take action on this link 
and I'm going to purchase and um, use her for her photography services. So you can put all of that into your funnel and you don't have to do anything in real time. That I would say that's like the biggest difference between an evergreen and a live launch is an evergreen funnel is automated. It's set up so that you don't necessarily have to do anything in real time. I love that. Yes, I do too. Now you, as you said, you've worked with um, businesses to kind of create these, these offers. What are some of the most successful products, services that you've seen that you've, you've worked with companies to create for evergreen offers? What are, what are some like, if somebody was to say to you, I don't know what to offer to my clients for an evergreen offer, like what kind of examples would you give as a product for them to, to give their clients? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, And one that I'll start by just caveating a little bit with is because this is a belief of my own. um, And I believe that when you are bringing an offer or a product um, or a service, which I, you know, all bundle as offer, um, when you are bringing something brand new to market, when you're first selling it to your audience, I believe that it should be tested and proven before you are turning it into an evergreen, which is your kind of hands off. Obviously, you're still looking at the metrics. You're still looking at the data to tweak and optimize. But like we said, you're not doing anything in real time. You're expecting once it's on evergreen, it can sell itself. You don't have to do actively much to sell the the product or service, right? So I believe when you're bringing something first to your audience and saying, hey, I have this new thing to sell, I believe you should first, you're going to have the most success when you turn it on Evergreen if you first sell it to your audience actively, like you are present in the selling process, you're doing it live. Um, you You get the best feedback you have the opportunity to tweak your offer, to tweak your funnels, to tweak your marketing before and get it to a place that you feel really good about your conversion rates, um, your opt-in rates, you know, how you're selling it before you move it to Evergreen on demand where people can purchase without you being part of the process. So I'll just caveat that a little bit because that's a belief that I have. Um, And I think it's important, you know, as we start to talk about what products are best, because I don't think that there is a a barrier to entry. I believe that if any, once you have your offer proven, you are comfortable with the conversion rates, really uh, most offers, uh, product or service can be turned into an evergreen offer. You just have to have your marketing dialed in um, to be able to convert at the rate that you are comfortable with. Um, the only thing that that I have seen um, from the the clients and students that I've worked with, most of the only offer that I have really seen um, need to change the selling environment and like get on a call with someone are those you know very high ticket offers, 3,000, 10,000, 20,000, because a lot of times you have to change the selling environment to help people feel comfortable and confident moving forward with the offer at that price point. 
So that's like pretty much the approach I've taken with my own course. So I tested it. I live, I actually taught it live several times, my course, like in a four week thing and learned what was needed, what they liked before like Mm pre-recording any of it, because it's like, that sounds easy to like pre-record everything and throw it in a dashboard. It's not a big deal. Like, no, it's a ton of work. And had I done it too early, I would have found like, oh, that wasn't needed or they really wanted this because I was able to ask them after each live, uh, you know, period that their, their, you know, course was lasting. What did they find they needed or what did they like most or where could I have additional support? So, um, I think, and we've talked about this, I think a few times Kate on the show is like testing things before, Mm -hmm. like really diving, like before it's perfect. Like you don't need to like have everything in line to be able Mm -hmm. to sell something or everything figured out. If you have an idea, you can, you know, go to your audience and see, see if, you know, it's something the market wants. Um, what do you, what do you generally recommend as like a testing phase or is there, I I know it probably depends right on the product, but if, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any insight on like how often you should be testing your audience or it's, or is it just once they get to that comfortable conversion rate and, and are you just basing like your KPIs on industry KPIs, like, or the conversion rates and, you know, show up rates or purchase rates, all that. Yeah. So a couple questions in there. The one that I want to touch on first, because I probably will forget, um, is your question about industry KPIs versus your own. Um, When you're first launching, you obviously will likely, you don't have any historic data, right? So we have to use industry benchmarks um, to go off of. But once you have uh, launched uh, your offer, once you have sold your offer once, you should be measuring your success against yourself because you may be beating industry benchmarks um, with your when you go to sell it maybe your second time. Well, if you start and then go to sell it a third time and you are still measuring yourself against industry benchmarks, your results might look good against industry benchmarks, but they probably, they might be bad against what you sold um, when you sold it time number two, right? So after we have sold it at least once, we want to start to measure our success against our own self. Yep. And then, yeah. Um, I, okay. So other, the other I question. Think, I, I, think, I No, I think that, I think that was, I think that was pretty much it. I think that that really um, makes a lot of sense because um you know, you don't have any data to start with. Use yeah. the industry standards and, you know, start with that. But then you obviously want to continue to at least make your baseline of what you did the previous, because if you are going to, if you don't have a great launch, you'll want to like, you, you see those numbers, you'll want to go in and like reevaluate what sort of went wrong and be able to, right. I mean, either way you want to measure your, your launches. Um, yep. So what, so you know, we've talked a lot about, or you talked a lot about automation and having it be, you know, as streamlined as possible. So what tools or tech elements do you need in place or, you know, however you want to describe it um, to have a successful evergreen offer? What are the pieces of it? And what are the tech elements that uh, yeah, like, can, make, can make it happen? Some of your favorite like apps or, or products that can get this on the road. Yeah. So the, as we talked about, 
The major difference between an evergreen funnel and a live launch funnel is the, the real-time component, right? And with an evergreen, you're not there real-time. So we have to create some sort of sense of urgency and scarcity in an authentic way, but we have to, we have to create that urgency. Otherwise, people will realize, well, I don't have to purchase this right now. It's going to be available tomorrow. It's going to be available the next day. It's going to be available seven days from now, a month from now, 60 days from now. Like she's not telling me that this is going away in, you know, a week that I need to be quick about deciding whether this is right for me or not. Um, So my favorite tool for creating urgency and scarcity is deadline funnel. It is really um, simple, easy to use, great interface um, for newbies or advanced tech folks. Um, Not a lot of tech integration, um, but Deadline Funnel allows you to create that sense of urgency for every single person uniquely as they go through your funnel. So for example, with this tool, um, let's say I have a webinar that you, Jesse, and you, Kate, both signed up for. Jesse signed up for it today. Kate signed up for it two days ago. Well, Kate's already through. She already watched the webinar. She's already two days into the funnel. If we set a timer with using deadline funnel that says, you know, this offer is not going away, but maybe this uh, price point is, or maybe this special bonus that I'm including, if you purchase within the first five days, goes away. So Kate is already two days through the funnel. She only has three more days to decide whether she wants to purchase within that five-day window to gain access to either maybe a lower price point or a special bonus, you know, or or something to incentivize her to purchase within that five-day window. Now her five days will run out in three days. But Jesse just signed up and opted in today. So she, because Deadline Funnel allows you, um, they create unique links for every person as they enroll, she still has five days to decide. Watch the webinar. Now she has her full five days um, to decide. So hopefully, you know, that's a easy way to understand how it how it works, but it's really one of my favorite tools to implement. Um, And it can be plugged right into your sales page. It can be plugged into um, your webinar opt-in page or your replay page. Those are great places to embed the timer. Um, It also has the capability to embed into your email service provider, um, which is my second must-have tool for for evergreen funnels. You have to have um, a great email service provider. My favorite is ConvertKit. Active campaign is a popular one that people use as well. Kajabi um, is a is a all-in-one platform, a little bit more expensive, but that's an all-in-one if you're looking for an all-in-one um, option. But Deadline Funnel can integrate right into your email. So if you ever have been through a funnel and you see a timer um, that might expire at a certain point, um, there's a good chance that they have they, they have been using deadline funnel um, inside of their email sequence. So, okay. I, I had, I, you know what? I had a quick question before we get yeah. off of this, because, you know, you were talking about deadline funnels and everything. I, you know, you see these, these funnels, you see the offers and sometimes 
how they're written can seem off-putting, right? Mm-hmm. There's this, mm-hmm. it seems a little, maybe a little spammy. Yep. Or, you know, maybe the person sounds a little desperate to sell this to you or something. Mm-hmm. What are some, I know we didn't ask this, like put this in our questions, but what are, what, what would you say to kind of avoid, and this might be a big question, but what would you say to kind of avoid, mm-hmm. to avoid, to, to avoid sounding like spammy in your offer so that you can, people come to, we talk a lot about like no like and trust factor. Yeah. How do you offer something that has like that timer on it, but still become like somebody's best friend without seeming intimidating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite way to do this is really honestly, just to be as transparent as possible. Um, especially if you are embedding the timer within your email sequence, because they will be able to see it, right? Like it's very present in the email copy. There's no way they're going to miss it. So my favorite way is honestly just to be super transparent. You don't have to tell them like, this offer is going away. I never know when it's going to come back. You have to get this offer. It's the best thing since sliced bread. If you don't get in, you're never going to be successful, right? Like we don't have to market in that way. That always seems like so intimidating and scary to me. And truthfully, it it actually convinces me not to buy (laughs) rather than to be like, oh my gosh, I totally need this. Like, I feel like they should be taking that time to actually sell the product Mm -hmm. instead of like saying, it's going away and I don't know when we're going to have it back kind of thing. Well, Liz, would you recommend, so just to kind of back up a little bit so our audience knows kind of given like a little higher picture, because some of them are going to be super green to this whole idea, even like probably up until this point. So we've got like our thing that like they sign up for. In your example, it was the webinar, could be a PDF download. It could be um, a quiz that they take, something that you're going to get their email address, correct? Correct. And then from there, you have your email service provider walk them through this, this path yep. to, to, to warm them up to an eventual sale. So would you recommend like in this, even with this like deadline scarcity factor, would you recommend like to, to Kate's point, like to build that no like, and trust, you have like maybe an email in there that's like, a little bit more like this is who I am. Welcome yeah, to like, like introduction. Or is that more or less just for like lead generation without an ultimate sale, like with an evergreen funnel where the, the goal is to get that sale? Like, do you kind of like, do you kind of skip that part or would you still recommend like building that relationship within that path that we're taking them on? Absolutely. Building the relationship within that path. Um, Because we have to remember, people come into our funnels at different points. Some people will be brand new, have zero clue who you are, what you are about, what you sell. Some people will be warmer. They might have been following you on Instagram or social media for a few months now. Um, And some people, let's say we're going to use a webinar example that I'll, I'll share with you in a minute here, but let's say they are opting into your webinar, and they've been on your email list for a little while, but they just have never purchased from you. They're getting your emails, they're opening them, they're engaging, but they haven't purchased up until this point. So let's say we have a a webinar that we are going to invite people to opt in, and this webinar training video um, is going to be the vehicle that we use to sell our offer. 
So we invite them to opt in. Um, we can do that on our email sequences. We can share on our social media. We can run ads for it. There are numerous ways to get people to this webinar. Once people have opted in, we have we should be sending them a series of emails, automated, of course, that share with them the benefit of the webinar, a little bit about who we are. And this is done, you know, over, let's say, three or four pre-webinar reminder emails. The goal of them is to build that relationship, remind them of the webinar time and date. If it's, if it's evergreen, they might be able to watch it on demand right now. Um, or maybe they signed up for a future date. Maybe they are busy today and they signed up for tomorrow. Um, but we should still be welcoming them into our sphere of influence sharing with them who we are, what we are about. But remember, the goal is to get them to consume that content. So we don't want to fluff our chest too much. We want to remember that we want to tell them all of the great things that they're going to learn on this webinar. Um, and bullets are, are a great way to do that inside of our email sequence. Um, but the goal is to get them to consume that content, not to know you know, everything under the sun about us. We want to focus on that webinar in this example that we're using. Mm. We can, um, once they get on, on the webinar training, if we're going to be using some sort of scarcity um, or urgency tool like deadline funnel in our email, in our, uh, in our sales funnel, after they watch the webinar, we can tell them on the webinar, hey, you have, this offer is available to you. I have a, a really special bonus that I'm going to be sharing with you, but it is only available four or five days because I know how valuable this is. I know how much people are, are loving it and getting results from it. And I really value this special bonus that I'm giving to you, which means I'm only going to be offering it to those people that are, are really committed, they're ready, they're serious. And most people know within five days that they are ready to commit. Now, if you don't want to purchase within that five-day window, that's okay. You can still purchase at any point, but just know that after five days, you know, this bonus will go away. So you can voice that in your webinar, be transparent about your selling process um, so that when they start to get those emails from you, it's not a jarring alarm that like, oh, I thought I had forever to decide if I wanted that special bonus or not. And now I feel icky about this sales process. Um, so, so that's a really great way to bring people on the journey with you and, and be transparent with them. Once they, uh, go ahead. Did you have a question? No, no, no. I just, I'm really appreciating how you're saying. No, it's so I good. I just, yeah, it is so good because it's just, as I said, I see so many emails come into my inbox because you know, you, you get attracted to somebody's offer and then you sign up and then they send you these emails and it just seems kind of different from how they originally kind of approached you. And it can seem, as I said, it can seem a little intimidating or maybe not authentic. Yeah. Um, so that's just something that I, I'm I'm glad we're talking about because I think that it's so important that people, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about ser serving, not selling. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think that all ties into it. 
Yeah. And it's a really good point because it can be challenging to go from, Hey, I'm Liz. You just opted into my webinar. I'm so excited. I can't wait for you to consume it to like, Hey, buy my thing. Right. Like we don't want it to be a, 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 a line in the sand, like jarring, to like, oh, now I'm going to send you nine emails that all say, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing, right? Like that's not going to convert anybody. Yeah, no, it, it totally has it not converted me one time <laughs> at all. So, so if, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say my favorite way to skip that jarring, you know, transition to the sales process is through stories. Because stories bring us into the fold. They invite the reader to go along the journey with us. And what I love that it also does is it helps the reader to start to see themselves in the person, right? If you think about the last time you watched a movie, it's holiday season. So I've watched my fair share of holiday movies (laughs) so far already. And It's so fun to watch those light hearted movies because, you know, you start to see yourself. We don't, I live in the Southeast, so we don't see any snow really. Um, And it's fun to imagine a Christmas with snow. I'm originally from Michigan, so I have plenty of Christmases with snow, but it's fun to imagine myself going through their like fantasy stories. And, And that's what stories do inside of our email sequences. And it's okay to share those stories, be vulnerable to the point that you are comfortable with, share the stories of your successful customers, if you have some, if you don't, help people to see why you created this product, why it was so passionate, why it was such a passion project for you, the tugs on your heart. Um, Because for me, a lot of the people that I work with that are selling their offer for the very first time, they created their offer out of a pain point that they had themselves Mm -hmm. and they just found the solution. Mm -hmm. So sharing those stories is really impactful for someone to be able to see, oh, I'm in that same situation that they used to be. Maybe if I learn more about this product and I'm interested in this offer, oh, Maybe I could have the same solution that they are experiencing now. So this reminds me, so I'm in the process, I have it down on my little shelf, uh, building a story brand with Donald Miller. And Mm. I haven't gotten through it because like, he actually wants you to work through it. I don't know if you've ever read it. Um, And it's, yeah, I like. When he's like, okay, now it's time to do something. I'm like, okay, now, now I need to read this during the day, not at <laughs> night so I can work through it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, telling stories like he, the way, um, you know, and it's, and it's memorable in that way. It actually like allows mm-hmm. us to make that connection. It's memorable, but also like telling a very clear story. And I kind of thought about this at our, at the beginning of our discussion where you're like, we have to take them on a clear, like a clear path that like, yeah. you know, we don't want to like have them sidetracked where, right. and he, you know, Donald Miller talks about, um, you know, movies that like yeah. are successful, have a very clear story. Like you're not mm-hmm. going to, in those movies that are not successful, like you don't know, like you don't know what's happening. Like there's too much happening. There's too much going on. So that's why you turn it off or you like stop listening because there's like a very clear, like methodology with telling the story yeah. and why certain movies and books are successful. 
Um, so, okay. So if someone wanted to implement an evergreen funnel tomorrow, like you talked about this, um, deadline funnel, like, okay, let's say let's use a photographer because a lot of photographers, you know, listen to this podcast, I think because of me and my work, but, um, if they just have a Squarespace website, like what is something that they can do to like start their evergreen funnel? Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, first you have to decide what your offer is going to be. Um, and when you're going to be ready to sell it to your audience. So first and foremost, let's put a date on the calendar just to help hold you accountable, because I know things can get a little bit crazy, especially when it's our own, where we hold it close to our chest. Um, so put a date on the calendar that says, okay, I'm going to sell at this t- um, date in the future. Um, from there, we need to make sure that we have an email service provider that we can capture people's emails and one that allows us to create an automated sequence um, to take people down that path and so that you are not in real time typing these emails up. You can write all of your email sequences first in a Word document and then transfer them to your email service provider um, and connect it right to, let's say you're using um, a quick mini training. Let's say for a photographer, you have a mini training on lighting. Um, or creating some sort of presets to uh, speed up your editing time. So the training, you create um, this short mini video that helps them to create presets. You um, invite them to opt in to your webinar. I really um, encourage people to use a webinar software tool. Some that are easy to use are um, Easy Webinar is a a really great one. I like that one a lot. Um, So we'll just stick with that one for now. So Easy Webinar, you create your, you record your video. You can upload the video right into Easy Webinar. And this is a great place to also share your pre-webinar emails that we talked about to start to build that relationship with people. So you'll have about three of those. Let's say your webinar is in one week and you have people starting to opt in now. You're going to send them a first initial like, hello, you you opted into this um, webinar. This is why it's awesome. This is why you should show up email. Then maybe about uh, one day before, so 24 hour mark, you send them another reminder email to say, hey, you know, I have something really great that I'm sharing with you on the webinar. This is what you're going to learn. This is who it's for. Here's your date and time as a reminder. I'm going to send you one more email before we uh, jump on. So the, the final email might be sent, you know, three hours or maybe the 15 minute mark, but you can automate all of those within easy webinar. So you don't have to be worrying about sending those out. Um, so you have your pre-webinar emails, people are jumping on your webinar. Then what's really great with easy webinar is you can also connect your email service provider. So you can connect uh, your email service provider right into webinar so that after people watch it, you can start to send them emails um, uh, immediately. And here's the kicker, for those people who do not watch, we are also monitoring their behaviors 
you can, this is a little bit of an advanced strategy, but you can send them two separate email sequences, one for those that we know watched. And this is where that personality, um, making it really personal, individualized um, comes into play because we can literally write in the email, hey, I know you just watched my webinar or hey, I know you missed the webinar. I'm so sorry. I know life gets in the way. Um, and so that's a really great way to, to segment those people and make it personalized. But if you, this is your very first time, don't worry about that. It's a little bit more of a, an advanced strategy. Um, but we really just want a way to, and that's, you know, look at our KPIs to know of those people that signed up, how many people are watching, how many people are just signing up, but they're not consuming that content because that means maybe our pre-webinar emails need some work. Um, but sending those post-webinar emails after they consume that content or after the time that they were supposed to consume the content, we're going to send them about eight to 10 emails after that over a period of time, depending on how long you want your special offer to be available. With an evergreen funnel, you have some um, ability to um, extend your emails because you're not in you know, a, a tight week of selling. So it's up to you how long you want that funnel to last. But just know, once people consume that content, we want to send them emails pretty quickly and consistently for you know, about five days at least because we, we have their attention, right? So we can take advantage of it. it. It is really known. There's been a ton of studies that say for those people that are thinking in their head, oh, I don't want to mark, you know, send emails to people. It's people hate it. They don't want to open them. Um, but there's actually been a ton of uh, surveys and studies done that people are wanting to hear from you after they have opted into your thing or after they have watched your webinar. Um, they expect to hear from you. And um, there ha has also been studies that said, if you're not marketing to them, then you're disappointing those people. So yeah. just you know, tidbit to think about. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, a, that's not just a tidbit. There's a lot to think about there, which is fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really hope people will be who are listening to this will kind of take your, take those steps and really put them into action because that was, that laid it out so plainly for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plainly. I know it's a, it's a lot to, um, think about and it can be overwhelming. Um, but really if we think about it, if we just break it down, we just mm -hmm. need some sort of training video. We need some emails. So we need an email service provider. Um, and we need an offer. Right. So just three things. Yeah. The emails can be um, can be a little bit overwhelming. There are people that have templates available that you can use or you can work with, you know, someone like me and my team that can write those emails for you. Um, but it's really just three things. You just need a way for people to opt in to give them some great value. You need a way to follow up with them because that's key. A lot of people forget to follow up. We need a way to follow up with them. And then we need a way to invite them um, into our offer so that they can they can buy from us. Yeah, so that was a great segue because you said 
you know, that you can actually hire somebody like you and your team <laughs> to write those emails. So that being said, where can people find out more about you and, as you said, your services so that they maybe they can, it takes all the pressure off of them. Yep. Uh, yeah. Thanks for putting it that way. I like to take all the pressure off. It makes it easy, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, so, uh, I normally hang out on Instagram. Um, you can find me at Liz underscore com. That's L I Z B O E or underscore com. Um, my website, you can check out the, the writing style that we have is personality driven, but direct response focused. Um, so you can check us out at, it's just my name, lizbor.com, L-I-Z-B-O-E-R.com. You can contact um, us there, see some success stories. I also have a podcast where I share some um, success stories from past clients and students called Marketing to Millions. You can really find it anywhere you consume or listen to podcasts. Um, so it's a great way to just hear some other strategies um, that people are using that are successful, both in the evergreen um, on-demand offer and those that are are live launching a product or service for the very first time. So if you have any questions, I would love to connect with you. Just come in and say, hey, um, or get inside my funnel. I have a, a quiz that um, you can um, take. It's really for people that have uh, any, any sort of sales page. So if you are a service provider or you have an offer and you have a sales page, literally just a page that sells your thing, this quiz will help you to make sure that you have all of the key elements included in your sales page so you can boost your conversions. Um, and you can just find that at Lisbor forward slash quiz um, and take it. I always love taking quizzes. So let me know your results. I I'd love to, to hear what you get. Well, all of those, those links will be in the show notes. So people go check that out, cocktailsandcontentcreation.com. And we'll have everything that Liz just talked about linked up in our show notes so you can check out that quiz and uh, hook up, maybe, you know, start using Liz and her team for their, for their services. So Liz, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this was fantastic. And I think our listeners got a lot of value out of this and it was great chatting with you. Thanks so much. So I loved so much how she broke things down so yes. simply. Um, I, as I mentioned, you know, when we were having our interview with her, I've never heard the funnel described as a path. And I actually really think I like that description of it way better mm -hmm. than a funnel because when you describe it as an actual funnel, you're, you have to like tell people the reason it gets smaller is because you're weeding out or disqualifying leads. But the way she described it as just taking them through a path, mm -hmm. a journey that will, you know, allow them to see your offer, experience what that offer is, and then hopefully purchase said offer. So I loved how she was able to simply break it down for us. And also yeah the differences between like a regular offer, like a regular funnel and an evergreen funnel, which, you know, now I'm like, man, everything just needs to be evergreen. It's just the whole live, the whole live launching. Oh, it's so much work. It's so you, much work. I mean, you have done all of this kind of thing for me. This is, I mean, I, as I said, I, I, I do know what an evergreen funnel is and, you know, I've certainly hadn't signed up for my share of, of evergreen funnels, mm -hmm. but I haven't actually like I have, I do have a quiz on my website and I don't, I don't think it's been particularly successful. So I'm considering like just getting rid of it. 
um, to get people to like sign up for my email list. And then I have a thing where like you can sign up for my content calendar. So that's Mm -hmm. like a freebie and everything um, that I got like I have. But like in terms of like a high level, kind of what she was talking about, you know, I I've never done anything like this. And so I was kind of afraid I would be lost in the conversation. Um, But yes, I did like the idea of a path because I feel like there's, as she, as she said in the beginning of our interview, there's so many different pieces of running a business. There's so many things that you need, that you absolutely need to do to get sales, to get clients. And it can seem so intimidating. And so the idea of a funnel, like, as you said, the weeding out, it seems um, aggressive, which, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it really isn't. Um, and especially how she were, as you said, how she worded it as like the, the path of the yellow brick road, it seemed a lot more not only user friendly, um, but attainable. More, yeah, attainable and, and more and more 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 tuned into that no like and trust factor that yeah. we we really kind of value and I think is so important um, these days. It's not just about um, selling, selling, selling. It's about serving your audience and your clients. How best how best you can do that. It's not mm-hmm. just about making money. Well, um, I do feel like a lot helpful. of it, a lot of it is just in the copy of your email. So once they download the thing or watch the yep. webinar, you know, building that relationship. Um, but to her point, you know, keeping in mind what the end goal is in yeah. telling, doing it through stories. I loved that. Yes, you can build that no like, and trust, but still, you know, with that end goal of mine and making the sale and doing it through, through relatable content, those stories ways for them to imagine using your service or experiencing your offer. Um, Mm -hmm. So I liked that she was able to address that concern of yours about being spammy because I mean, I I'm in so many funnels. I sign up for so much stuff and, you know, I think, I think these days, you know, we are overwhelmed with that content. So if we're able to consume the content in a way that like we actually enjoy it and like say, Oh yeah. Like, like I kind of, I get that. I get that. We want friends in our inbox. We don't want, the people that are just trying to get us to sign up for something just for the sake of signing up. We want somebody, Mm -hmm. we want somebody in our inbox who really seems to care about us, even if they don't know us at all. You know, that's, I think one of the key, I think one of the key takeaways is that everybody should have some form of funnel um, with their Mm -hmm. business. If you're, if you're just running your business without capturing leads, without any call to action, and you're just hoping that people find your website and purchase your product or sale like service without any nudge to get on that path to the, to the end sale. That's not gonna, it's, it's, you're going to have a harder time creating Mm -hmm. and generating those, those sales. And I know we didn't really get too much into call to actions, but for us, a little spoiler for all of our listeners, we actually have an episode coming up. It's all about um, creating a call to action that is um, Mm -hmm. effective and, um, user friendly user friendly so yeah. that that episode's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks so make sure to tune in for the call not with the same guest but kind of almost a sister episode to this one oh i like way. that so sister yeah hmm. very sister. nice well you got to go with the the sisters because mm-hmm. you know it seems to be all women on the mm-hmm. show it is um <laughs> no i mean it's not we did we, we did have we did have a male one guy, guy. <laughs> yes parker stevenson that was yes. a couple of episodes ago so 
Thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. And you can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. And you can email us, cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram for travel, fashion. I'm going to be having a lot of uh, great pictures from Jesse on my Instagram feed this mm-hmm. month, um, mm-hmm. as well as from my recent travels over on Fashionably Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're a photographer looking to get into branding, you can follow me over at the brand photographer method on Instagram. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. And until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.